everybody, welcome back to Broncos Europe. Joined today with Colm and Mark, the OGs, and we finally come full circle with CBS4. Can you believe it? First Michael Spencer, Romy Bean, Ryan Green's been on. Delighted to have Justin Adams on today. Great to have you on, Justin. I know you're a morning person, so hopefully you're not too tired. How are you feeling today? I'm good. I'm good, Michael. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, you know, yes, I am a morning person, but the best part about it is, is the kid is asleep as we speak. So that's a good thing. Now the baby could wake up in the middle of this bad boy, which means that uh, we could have some problems. But as of right now, we are all good. So it's great. Don't worry. It won't be the first time that a child walks in on a broadcast. I will not say who it happened to, but we'll talk about it after. It's fine. No, it's, it's great to have you on, man. And thanks very much for coming on. Yeah, yeah we're, thank you. Thank you so much, Michael. I really appreciate it. Delighted to get the opportunity to, to chat to you, Justin. And I suppose for people watching this, um, could you talk to us a little bit about your journey into sports media? Yeah, wow. Uh, well, my journey started when I was uh, six years old. Uh, Michael Jordan was playing against the, um, the Portland Trailblazers in the 1992 NBA Finals, and it was the famous shrug game and hit six three-pointers in the first half. And I remember as a kid watching that game, I knew it would never be Michael Jordan. It was like one of those weird experiences where you're like, eh, not going to be MJ, but I can be the guy who was calling the play. And it's always interesting that whenever a great play happens, you always align the person who made the call with the great play as well. And so for me, that young, that was something that I wanted to be able to be a part of. And so um, growing up in Denver, it was always a goal of mine to be there. I went to University of Colorado, uh, graduated with two degrees, broadcast production and ethnic studies. And so um, then my route has been literally all over the place. I went from behind the scenes for five years, uh, being a video editor and a writer uh, to the next, half of my career to where I'm at now, worked on radio, uh, worked in radio rather, News Radio KOA, had a show, Justin and BK on Orange and Blue 760. Um, and then I, I allied, then I latched on with CS4, joined them and doing work in the morning um, and just being able to expand my role there at Channel 4 as well, anchoring in the evening, even starting to do some news anchoring too. So it's just make yourself as indispensable as possible. Um, and my biggest thing is, um, I'm always willing to try something new, always willing to do something new. For me, it's always important to be able to tell stories no matter what the medium is. And so this is a great opportunity here to be able to tell stories. And um, I just have a passion for the business and a passion to be able to, you know, be a great journalist uh, in Denver. I love it. Yeah, you, you mentioned just then that you, you, you're a Colorado native and you went to Montbello High School, you went to the University of Colorado, how you know you're a big sort of Denver, Colorado sports fan. Does this how proud does it make you feel that you get to report on these teams for CBS? You know it's huge. It's uh it's everything for me. And apologize, but my have a phone call in the background. My, somebody's calling my wife's phone. But um, honestly, it's absolutely everything. It's when you think about for a kid who grew up loving Denver sports. I mean, I grew up in the first sports that I remember were the Broncos winning the Super Bowl when I was in uh, Super Bowl 32 was when I was in sixth grade. Super Bowl 33 was when I was in seventh grade in the sense of like, I remember John Elway with the helicopter play, me literally sitting in front of a TV with a VCR, which I don't know if kids even know what a VCR is these days, but we were recording the game 
and watching it. Like our noses were pretty much to the screen watching a game. And just to be able to grow up as a fan watching those games and now being able to report on that is a dream come true. And not report on it as a, as a, a way of saying, oh my God, like you're Steve Atwater. I can't believe I'm reporting it. But it's like, I'm a reporter, non-biased. This is my job. But oh, by the way, Steve Atwater, I grew up watching you. Like, this is amazing to be able to talk to you. So to get, be able to call guys like that my friend now is absolutely everything. And Steve as well is a complete gentleman. I'm lucky I met him. I know I... Colin keeps bringing up the fact that he was the Drew Locks first game. I bring up the fact that I met Steve Atwater. The man's an absolute legend, like, as well. And you're obviously living the dream, Justin, reporting on these Denver sports teams that you've always been a fan of. I guess focusing on one team for a minute, Colorado Buffaloes, it must be a dream to report on them and to obviously see the emergence of Philip Lindsay. I was lucky to um, – I went to the game against USC in – it was 2017. And the first time uh, in Boulder, it was incredible. And everybody kept saying, this guy, Philip Lindsay, he's going he's gonna to get drafted in the late fifth, sixth round. Obviously, it didn't happen, but it definitely worked out for us. Yeah, Philip Lindsay is tremendous, man. I've known him since. Uh, actually, this is where it goes full circle. Philip Lindsay's uncle coached me at Montbello High School. And so that's where everything kind of comes together. He was one of the assistant coaches. And so to hear about Philip Lindsay, to know about him growing up, uh, I mean, I knew Phillips when he was at Denver South in high school himself. And so it's not surprising to see all the success that he had uh, and I, that he has still. Um, he's just one of those guys who is so focused and so grounded. Uh, he's a dad now as well, just bought a house. Uh, and just a guy who's so grounded. But he also has a mentality where there are more guys, and he'll, he'll probably tell you this, there are more guys who are talented. Like, you look at him and be like, oh, yeah, there's guys who are more talented, but there's not guys that work harder than him. There's not guys who have that uh, pit bull mentality that he does. And he's one of those guys who has a never-say-die attitude. I mean, he's, he's maybe, what, a buck 90? And the way that he runs the football, able to get outside the tackles, but also it looks like the pile is always moving. Like, it's a rare thing where he gets tackled where just one guy brings him down. And so um, – it is great to see Philip Lindsay. And also one other thing too, uh, what to add with covering the Colorado Buffaloes, being able to play there for three years, when the Buffs beat Nebraska. So uh, Nebraska is the number one rival for CU. If anybody tells you anything different, they're lying. And so this year, uh, this past year, uh, Nebraska came to CU for the first time in a decade. And the Buffs are getting beat 17 to nothing going into the third quarter. It's to the point where I mean, in my mind, covering the game, I'm like, okay, this is how I'm going to get the story together because they're getting their butt spanked right now. They come back, win the game in overtime, 34 to 31. So I'm under the goalpost where the kick was missed by Nebraska. And so you'll see the, the kick. I mean, it goes wide right and not wide right by a little bit. I'm talking about like by like a mile. It goes wide right. So I'm, again, I'm an alum. I wore the black and gold. I've played at Folsom Field. Like, I, this, I'm a buff through and through. So I go in between being a journalist to being a fan, to being an alum, to being all these other different things in like 30-second increments. So I run out there after the game's over, and I interview a couple of guys. You know, I interview LaVisca Chenault. Um, he's sitting there on the bench, was able to interview him. I go from him to a, a former teammate of mine that I see. And so I'm like, LaVishka finished interviewing him. Then I'm like, dude, man, where have you been? Like interviewing another guy that I play football with. So I'm talking with him. Then I'm like, 
hey, I got I to gotta get back to you later because, you know, I got to do my job. So I interview another player and then I go back to another person, like another teammate that I know. So it's just like ping, ping balling all like that while something like this happened. It was a, it was a fun experience to be able to be a part of it. I've actually never wanted to be in Colorado as much. I don't know if you, if you call him Mark would agree. I've got the end of that game. I think it was a box. It was, it was nationally televised. It was insane. It was hilarious. It was like, oh my, you actually, like I got to the point where I was noticing beat writers and TV. Like I was like, I, I owe a person, I owe a person. But um, what was I going to say as well? The, yeah, the whole thing is just, it's crazy. And yes, and Nebraska, Colin will tell you, are playing in Dublin next year. So we're, we're going to go, Mark, you need to come as well. We're going to get bus tops. Are you going to fly me over from Manchester? It's, it's yeah. a 20-minute flight. It's fine. <laughs> so this will be the, we're, we're going to represent the, the, the bus. We're going to antagonize some of those, uh, those fans for, for you and for, for the rest of the, uh, the bus uh, alums there, Justin. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get myself an Adams jersey. I'm going to rock that. So. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Make sure you do that. I'll be out there with you. <laughs> so, I like, um, it, I like it. Justin, I suppose you you spoke earlier around um, part of your your job now is sharing stories, and one of the things in the in the last few weeks has been the 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 murder of George Floyd in um, Minneapolis, and obviously has sparked. Uh, calls for justice and equity, and we've seen that around the world. We had, uh, you know, protests here in Dublin, um, protests in Paris, protests everywhere. Um, you wrote um, a really powerful piece along with some other journalists on the CBS uh, for uh, website, and we also saw the Broncos, um, almost the entirety of the the franchise, take part in the protest uh, march in Denver, and. I suppose we've, we've some real leaders in that Broncos team who spoke, um, Justin Simmons, Alexander Johnson, even Jarrell Casey, who's just come in. But I suppose drawing on your own experience and um, looking at the, 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 what's going on and, and the response to it, I suppose what, 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 is, what have things been like uh, there recently? It's been tough. Um, to be very honest with you, and I think the one thing column is that oftentimes it's easy to do a story, talk to somebody, and then go to your own bubble, your own home, your own experience, and kind of live from there and then move on to the next day, right? It's very difficult when it's something that you've grown up in. So one of, one of the things I did say, say in the article is that this is not just another story, this is a lived experience. And that is very true. And just to be able to not only report on this, it's been very tough. Uh, being a Denver native, I know a lot of the players who are helping out within the protests. So one names that we didn't mention that really helped out a lot is doing a lot of great work is Todd Davis as well. Um, Todd Davis doing some tremendous work within the Broncos, helping out the team, but also with his foundation starting to help make moves as well to see a lot of different changes. The biggest thing that I, I've seen is that this is no longer just a movement of just America. As you just said, you know, in Dublin, you've seen protests out there, you've seen in England, you've seen in Australia. Um, this is something where people are now saying, hey, we want change. We want, you know, black people. It's still, being honest, still a little weird to be able to specifically say black men and women, African-American men and women, but 
their lives truly matter and have worth. And um, we want them to be out. We want them to know that they are loved, appreciated, and safe wherever they go, wherever they go in the world. And so to see the protests, to see things like that, to see so many people galvanize and to um, join in and uplift the community means absolutely everything because it has been something where you cover it. It can, be, it can be very tiring, but it means a lot to see so many people out here who are saying we want to have change. So I love that. And we're actually speaking on a day as well, Justin, where uh, Justin Simmons has launched his foundation today as well. So it's great to see what's going to happen there. And I guess we'll sort of see what happens down the road with that as well. Yeah, Justin Simmons is a tremendous guy. And actually, I remember the first time I interviewed him, and one of the biggest things with Justin Simmons is on his Christian faith. And so I worked at a place called Sports Spectrum um, for a year before I was at Channel 4. And it gave me a chance to speak to athletes on a different level. And I remember Justin Simmons had a band, kind of like what I have here, but he has a band saying, uh, In Jesus' Name I Play. And, you know, I recognized that and I said, okay, so what's that about? And so we talked about that for a little bit and he's using that as a platform to jumpstart what he's doing now with his foundation. So it's not a surprise that you see of how great of a man that this guy is, uh, you know, a father has a daughter of a husband as well. And the type of things that he's doing with the community, again, wants to uplift his community. He's going to do great things with his foundation and let's just call it what it is too. He's about to get paid. Okay, like, you talk about you want to go over there, Mark, you need some help to go over there and get over to Dublin for that game. You need to contact Justin Simmons. He's going to have plenty of money to get you there. Okay. Uh, but it's, it's, again, it's great to see what, what Justin Simmons is a part of and what he's doing and um, a tremendous young man who's going to continue to do great things with his life. Yeah, he, he deservedly paid. He, he's a guy that uh, we would absolutely love to get an opportunity to talk to because um, in actor, interacting with his mom on Twitter, who's an absolute lo lovely lady, she said to me that Justin actually has Irish heritage. So uh, if we can get him on, yeah, he, he's got some Irish heritage there. So if we can get him on, we'd love to chat to him. But absolutely stand-up guy, truly just, we are, we are very fortunate to have a player like Justin Simmons at our franchise. 100%, man. You know what? He's going to be one of those stalwarts. I think what you have in, in uh, you know, the secondary with the Broncos now anyway. Um, you lose Chris Harris Jr. And I know we go get into all this stuff, but you lose Chris Harris Jr. You pick up A.J. Bouye. Bryce Callahan from the conference call from last week is going to be ready to go. So you have now your slot guy. You may still need one other player. Um, I know you have um, a brand new corner that was drafted as well. Um, but when you think of Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, you have the thumper and Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons able to guard tight ends, able to guard that third wide receiver, big guy. Oh, man, it's going to be very difficult for teams to be able to complete passes against this Broncos defense. And so it helps out Vaughn Miller. It's going to help out the rest of the crew. Jarrell Casey in the middle. I mean, there's plenty of reason to be excited about this team coming up next year. Yeah, just latching on to that, I mean, let's talk about the Broncos' chances this year and what you think, you know, how we're going to get on going forward. John Elway's had three spectacular drafts. What, well, what looks like going to be three spectacular drafts. He's put an emphasis on youth, on the offense. We've got, hopefully, the guy in Drew Locke. We've got one of the best young wide receivers, you know, three, three wide receivers there in Sutton, Hamler, and Judy. We've got the best young tight end in Noah Fant. And the line's getting stronger if, you know, it's not going to be spectacular, but as long as it keeps Drew up upright, how do you think we're going to get on this season? And, you know, 
what are your worst and best outcomes that could come? Ooh, Lordy, you said worst and best outcomes. <laughs> what, what do you want first, man? Do you do you want the worst or do you want the best first? Let's get the worst out of the way. Let's get the worst out of the way. Oh, Lordy. Oh, okay. Uh, worst is that Garrett Bowles allows a blitz to come from the left side and Drew Locke gets knocked, knocked out cold, done for the season, and the Broncos go – four and 12, five and 11, um, having to play their backup quarterback for the rest of the season. Um, you know, that's, that's the absolute worst I see is, is that happening? Uh, or Drew Locke stays upright again, go with the worst Drew Locke stays upright, but because there wasn't mini camp, uh, there wasn't a mini camp because training camp might be compromised this year due to coronavirus the offense doesn't click until later on in the year or just doesn't click at all because you have so much youth um, at, at your skilled positions. They just don't come together. They just don't gel. And the offense struggles to put it all together. That's the worst case scenario for the Broncos that they finish at the, the bottom of the division. But the best case, oh my goodness. The best case scenario is this. Drew Locke comes out and he plays like the quarterback we all think he is. Jerry Judy comes out and he's um, fighting to be that number one wide receiver along with Cortland Sutton. You have so much of a bevy of talent that it's going to be ridiculous. You have Philip Lindsay out there at times. You're going to have Melvin Gordon too. You give Philip Lindsay the ball in open space and swing routes or uh, we call them Texas routes where you start to the outside of the backfield and you catch the ball going up into the middle. It's, a, it's really a choice route. Uh, and you allow him to, to have plays in the open field. Um, Noah Fant attacks the middle of the field like never before, and he matures into a Travis Kelsey type of a player where he has four or five speed. Albert O is another guy who's a rookie too, who's able to mature and get the football, and he has four or five speed. They put it all together. And, oh, by the way, I forgot Hamler. Like you, you, you forget, right? You, you have so many different pieces that, oh, Hamler, by the way, takes the top off the defense because of his speed. And then you're able to have Deshaun Hamilton, who played a lot better in the last couple of games with Drew Lockett as quarterback. He's your security blanket. He's a guy where it's like third down and five or whatever. He's able to catch the ball, kind of like a Welsh Wecker in many respects, um, or, or even going back a little bit, Eddie Royal, if, if I may. Um, you put all these different pieces together. You have a Broncos offense for the first time since 2016, able to average more than 20 points a game. You go to like 23, 24 points a game. And then you go look at your defense and you have Von Miller, who's on the tail end of his prime, coming back, playing well. Jarrell Casey continues to dominate in the middle. Shelby Harris, oh, by the way, is another guy. So now you look at your defensive line and they're looking like what you had in 2015 where you won Super Bowl 50. Um, your back end does well because, well, now you have all these pass rushers getting out after the quarterback. It's just so many different places where this could go right, where best case scenario, we're looking at an 11-win, 12-win team that is able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs or at least compete with them and able to get into the playoffs today. We'll see what happens from there. I, I like your thinking. I mean, I, I think we're, we're definitely on board that uh, Drew Locke hype train at Broncos Europe. We think he is the, the guy. We think that Elway has put the pieces around him. And you look at not only the ability that we, we have on the field, but the, the leadership that we now have. The, the guy, like on the line, you have Dalton Reisner. You have Justin Simmons, who we've talked about. You have Todd Davis. You have Vaughn. Um, you've Alexander Johnson and 
even in the the coaching staff I mean you have an awful lot of experience now surrounding Vic Fangio so while there's a lot of youth on on the field there's certainly a lot of experience in that coaching room yeah and also you have people who've done it before right and so Cortland Sutton, for example, with your wide receivers, is such a leader, a huge leader. Well, he's coming into his third year. And so he's able to go and coach up some of these guys as well to say, hey, here's a couple of different things that can help us out on the field. So now it helps out a Jerry Judy to become that much better, right? And Jerry Judy is just, I don't know if you've seen those videos that, that you've seen on Twitter. Dear Lord, okay? Like his footwork, I'm like, <laughs> stop it, okay, young man? Uh, and then KJ Hamler, wait. K.J. Hamler, again, the type where if you put him in the slot or you put him outside, if you have him single covered with the type of speed that he has, it's like, Hamler, go deep, you'll be okay, you know? It's, or let's put you on an over route. Like, the, again, the talent offensively that is here for the Denver Broncos now is something that legitimately we haven't seen since Peyton Manning had Demarius Thomas, um, Emmanuel Sanders, Wells Welker, like, you haven't seen anything like that in a while. And the Broncos finally have that. But again, my, my one reservation, and the only reservation I have is that because you don't have or didn't have the mini camp, and because of a brand new offensive coordinator, it takes time for all that to gel. Because of all these different things, it may take an extra step, an extra beat for this office to fully come together. And it's just the youth as well. It takes time for it to all come together. And so that's the only thing that I would say would be to, to pause a little bit on it. But again, it comes back to your defense. If your defense is able to keep the games close, then you're gonna be fine. Drew Locke had two games last year where you have fourth quarter comebacks. Um, the one that was the most oppressive was against the Lions last year. Um, when they were down going into the fourth quarter and he just went off. That's what you're looking for. And so. If you could get that Drew Locke out there, three wide receiver, one tight end set, um, and allow him just to throw the ball, protect him with giving him the ball to Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay, come on, guys. We're going to be in a postseason. It's that it's simple. Gonna be, it's it's going to be an interesting year, though, as well, man, because like, you're still like just under three months to talk about it. So we will 100% have to get you back on again before the season starts. And it's been a complete pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed it even half as much as we have. And just thanks very much for coming on. Just we we really appreciate it, man. Michael, I, Michael, I appreciate you guys. And you know what? Whenever you need me, please let me know. Uh, I just put it this way: I have a feeling this is going to be a pretty good year for the Broncos. And, and, and one more thing before I do run: um, yeah. one thing that cannot be overlooked because of what's going on with coronavirus is that teams are going to have to stack up a little bit more in certain positions. So for the Broncos, you may see them might stack up a little bit more with a backup quarterback or something like that. Um, but other than that, get ready. This could be a whole lot of fun this year, so get ready. Justin Adams, pleasure chatting to you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Be blessed. Thank you.